Second. Okay, we're up to the bottom. The Gemara on the bottom of Chav Gimel Omid Base. It's about seven lines up from the bottom. Bominei Rabbi Yosef, Bray the Rebbe Nachonya, Mir Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Yosef, the Rabbi Yosef, the son of Rabbi Nachonya, asked Rabbi Huda, "Maushi Aniach Adam Tfilov Tachas Mir Shaisov." Can a person sleep with his tefillin underneath his pillow or underneath his head? Tachas. So the Gemara says like this: Tachas Mir Gloisov. If it's underneath underneath his footrest, like I guess where his feet rest, somehow underneath that area over there, that's not a question. Since that's a complete disgrace, so of course one cannot put his tefillin underneath his feet. Where was the shaila? If it's underneath his head, my what's the halacha in that case? So this is what Shmuel says. It's okay to put your tefillin underneath your head. I feel even if his wife is with him and. They possibly will be together that night, and that is a disgrace for the tefillin to be in front of them when they're together. So there, a person, even so, Shmuel says it's okay to put the tefillin underneath the pillow, underneath their, underneath his head. asks, A person should not put his tefillin underneath his feet when he's sleeping. Since it's a disgrace to put his tefillin there. However, a person could put it underneath his head. And if his wife was with him in the bed, Aser, then it's Aser. So the question is going to be, we see not like Shmuel said. Shmuel said if his wife is with him, then it's okay to put the tefillin underneath the pillow. And over here in this price it says not. Let's just finish up the price. If there was an area near his head or near his feet, that was three tefachim. Three tefachim, either high Above his bed, a namach or lower than where his feet are, then mutter, then it's okay to put your tefillin there. So we see tyufta de shmuel tyufta. It's a question on shmuel, since shmuel was one that said that it's okay to put your tefillin under your head when your wife is with you, and this brisa says clearly that it's not okay. Omar Rava, Rava says, Afagab de Tanya tyufta de shmuel, even though we said that it's a contradiction to shmuel and it sounds like we should not. Go according to Shmuel's opinion. Still, halacha sakabase. Still, the opinion. Still, the halacha. The halacha is going to accord with Shmuel. My time. What's the reason for that? Okay, now we're on chafdalat of an alf. What's the reason for that? Call lina trinu adif. Anything that watches the uh, anything that watches the tefillin is better than the bach sticks in. Is better than mibizyoni. Now, since it's a bizyoni for it to be in the bed together with his wife. But still, it watches it very well. It's a good place. It's a good hiding spot to put it, and it'll definitely be watched from everything. That's better from the bazillion, from the disgrace, which it'll, it, which it'll get. Okay, the Gemara goes on. So now, how do you have to put it? How do you fit it underneath the pillow? Or where do you put it exactly? You put it between the mattress and the pillow. Shaloi, we're under, we're in that area. Shaloi can not directly underneath his head, because that means if he puts his head in the center of the pillow, he should put it to the right or to the left of the pillow. So the Gemara says, The Gemara asks that Rebchia says, Rebchia learns that you can put it in a pouch directly underneath your head. It sounds like that you can put it in the middle of the pillow. The Mapiglei. The Gemara answer is that it's where you pushed the bulge of the tefillin, to the, which was in this pouch, to the side. So that's why it's not directly underneath. The pouch may be directly underneath. However, the tefillin itself was pushed to the side. Bar Kapara. This Bar Kapara was Tsair Luhu Bekilsa. He tied it in... Um, he tied it in a bag, I think. A kilsa. What's a kilsa? A kilsa is a curtain. Okay, he put it in a curtain. And he pushed it to the side in this like curtain that he had it in. He pushed it to the side that it shouldn't be directly underneath his head. 
Reb Shisha, the son of Reb Idi, Monach Lahu Ashar Shifa, he put it on top of a stool, Upara Sudru Elihu, and he put a cloth on top of it to protect the tefillin. Omar of Hamduna, Bereder of Yasef, Zimna Chada, one time, have a Ke'imna Kame de Rabba. I was one time in front of Rabba, but Amar Li, and he told me, Zil Aisili Tefillin, Vashkach Tinu, Benkar Lekeses. One time, like this, one time Rava told him to go ahead and get my tefillin from wherever they are. And Rava told him, go ahead, once again, this is Rav Hamnuna, the son of Rav Yasef, saying that Rava once told him, go ahead and get my tefillin from wherever they are. So I sleep tefillin, bring it to me, Tenu, he found it, he found it in between the mattress and the pillow of Rava's bed. Shalai Keneged Reishai, not directly connected where Rava would normally put his head, let's say the center of the pillow. Vahava Yada Vyaviadana, and it was known to, to now to, to Rav Hamnuna Brader Vyasev, the Yim Tfila Hava. That it was the, the previous night his wife had gone to the mikvah, his wife had immersed, and she became now permitted to her husband. And that night was the night of that they were going to be together. And there, I, the, how did he know this? Since he put his head, since he, he put his tefillin still underneath his pillow, not near his bed, because he knew the halacha was like Shmuel, that to teach, I'm sorry, let me just finish this up. Ulagmuran, the reason why Rabbi told him to go ahead and to find his tefillin, which was underneath his pillow, was halacha lamaisa huda of it. To teach you that we accord the opinion of Shmuel, and that's how we learn um, halacha lamaisa, that it's like Shmuel. That Shmuel was the one that said that you can put your tefillin underneath the pillow, however, it should be a little bit to the side, not directly underneath your head. Rava went ahead and told his student, please go find my tefillin. He went and found his tefillin right underneath the pillow, however, a little bit over from the side. A little bit over to the side, not directly underneath his head. He understood from there that uh, Rava was trying to teach him that the halacha is like Shmuel, that it can be underneath the pillow. It's very interesting to note the Gemara and Baba Basra says on Kuflam and Amabez that the um, even if the Gemara somewhere says or a Tana somewhere says the halacha the halacha is let's say accords as follows or whatever the you know whatever the case is, you shouldn't do it until you see your Rebbe doing it until you see that person who does who said such a such the opinion him do it halacha lamaisa meaning to act to to act uh, with the halacha that he had said. So over here this is a perfect example. Rava told the student to go get the tefillin from underneath his pillow to show that we go according to the opinion of Shmuel that says you can keep your tefillin underneath your pillow. Okay? Um, the Gemara goes on. Reb Yosef, the son of Reb Nechunya, asked Reb Yehuda, You have two fellows sleeping in the same bed without any clothing on. Can they can one turn his head away from the other one and say Kriyashima? And the other one will turn the other way and say his Kriyashima. So now the the issue what would be the possible issue? So now there's a blanket on top of them. Now the reason for this is because we have a klal, we have a halacha that says that if a liboy is Royasa Erva, if your heart can see your private parts, then one is not allowed to say Kriyashima. Okay, so now if you have something dividing then it's okay. Meaning if, we're, if you're wearing pants or something that has a belt or something like that that divides the two, the chest where the, which is the area of the heart and the private parts, then it's okay. One can say Kriyashma. However, if one's underneath a blanket, then there's nothing separating the heart area and the private parts. So that's why one would not be able to say Kriyashma. So the Gemara is asking now like this. You have two people in the same bed. So what happens if... Can they go ahead and turn their face away? Is that enough 
that they should be able to say Krishma. Amalei, he said as follows, Hachi Amar Shmuel, this is what Shmuel says, Vafilu imoy, that it's okay, one can say Krishma even if his wife is with him. That means not only if it's another, let's say, friend or another man or something like that, even if his wife is with him, which possibly can have him have, the, well, the idea is, again, I have to say one more introduction, the idea is also the fact that your heart can see the private parts is because the person might have improper thoughts, and we know that you're not allowed to say divrei Torah, not allowed to say any words of Torah, including Kriya Shema, if you have improper thoughts. So in this case, if is that enough to turn your head away? And that's how you'll be able to say Kriya Shema. And Shmuel says, even if your wife is with you, then it's okay to say Kriya Shema. Maskevla Rabbi Yosef asks as follows, Ishtoi um, It sounds like from this idea from Shmuel, that Shmuel is saying that also if your wife is with you, meaning for sure another person, and also your wife. Adarabah, he asks. Rabbi Yosef asks, Ishtoi kegufai. A man's wife is like his own body. We have a cloud, the Gemara and Kedushin speaks about this a lot, that a man and his wife are like one. So now, of course, a man can say Kriya Shema if his wife is there. So don't tell me that if he's with another person, then it's okay for him to say Kriya Shema. And even if he's with his wife, no, the opposite. It should be that if he's with his wife, then that makes a lot of sense. The question should be in regard to the other person. So that's Rabbi Yisip's question. And, the, and he says further, Another man, another person who he's not related to, it's not his wife, that's not like his own body, so it should, it should arouse more improper thoughts and it should be not okay for him to say Kriyashma. And the opposite, and when he's with his wife, he should be able to say Kriyashma. So the Gemara says as follows, Meisvei, you have shnayim sheyishen b'mita achas. You have two fellows sleeping in the same bed. Zemach serpanov v'kayre. One, we see one can go ahead and turn his head away. Zemach serpanov v'kayre. And the other one can turn his head the other way, and they could say Kriyashma. Utanya Khriti. However, we have another Brysa that says, You have a fellow who's sleeping in a bed, and he has his sons and his his household, which we'll see what a second what that means. But assuming Bnei Besai, members of his household, is referring to his wife. Since it says Banov, Banov is his sons. So who's Bnei Besai? Who's the members of his house, if not his sons? That's referring to the wife, to his wife. So again, so the whole family is in the same bed. He should not say Kriyashma. Um, only if if there's some kind of cloth, some kind of garment that's separating each person, then it's okay for them to say Kriyashma. However, if his sons are minors, then it's okay for him to say Kriyashma. So now, Bishlam Rabbi Yosef was one that that said that there's a ver- there's a very big difference between one's wife and another human, another man. Then, like Hasha, it makes a lot of sense these two prices. Hobbit Ishtai, the one that said that it's not okay, uh, I'm sorry, the one that said that he can turn his head, is talking about Ishtai, Haba Acher, and the other Brisa is talking about where it's another fellow, El Shmuel, according to Shmuel, that doesn't differentiate between his wife and another person. So Kasha, then what's the difference between these two Brises? So Amr Lecha, Shmuel, Shmuel will tell you as follows. Amr Lecha, I'm sorry, Shmuel, Shmuel tells back Rabbi Yosef, Mi Nicha, I'm sorry, Amr Lecha, Shmuel, Shmuel will say, Rabbi Yosef, according to Rabbi Yosef, that says there's a very big difference between a wife and another man. Mi Nicha, is it okay? Is, does his opinion make, it, make any sense? But Hatanya, however, we learned in a bright, if one's sleeping in a bed, and the Bach takes out the next word, Ubanov, so leave that out. So a person sleeping in a bed, Ubnei Beisai Bimita, and his wife, that's including, that, that's, that's what it's referring to, or at least it includes his wife, is in the bed. should not say So we see that the person should not go ahead 
and, and say Kriyashma, even if his wife is with him, so there's no difference between the wife and the children. Rabbi Yosef was the one that said that there is a difference. That the children, that, I'm sorry, or if, if, excuse me, not the difference between the wife and the children, between the wife and other people. And over here it seems like there's no difference. He puts them together. So what do you have to say? In regard to a wife, according to Rabbi Yosef, is going to be a dispute as what the halacha is. That's how you can have two different prices that say two different things. So Shmuel goes ahead and says back, I also learned that it's going to be a dispute. Again, so we had two different prices that said as follows. We had, I'm sorry, we had two different opinions. We had first Rabbi Yosef's opinion that said that there's a difference between one's wife and another, another man. That one's wife would arouse less um, improper thoughts than another man, since he's, he's always with his wife, and it's not going to arouse improper thoughts. So that was Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef differentiated between the two th- different things. Shmuel, however, said that it's all the same. So then, according to those opinions, so how can we have these two different prices that say different things? So we first wanted to say that it's going to be one's talking about with his wife, and one's talking about with others. But then the Gemara said that it doesn't make any sense we have another price that says differently. So each one, at the end of the day, we're going to say as follows, that a wife, in each opinion, in Rabbi Yosef's opinion, and in Shmuel's opinion, is both going to be a dispute, a Tanaic dispute, of what the halacha is going to be in regard to a wife, can one say Kriyashma or not. And that's how we're going to end off with these two different prices. So that's how the Gemara answers that. Okay, the Gemara goes on now. We're at the two dots. Omar Mar, We said it before that someone can go ahead, if he's sleeping, if there's another man in the same bed, they can each turn their heads away from each other, and they can say Kriyashma. The Gemara asks, that their rears now are touching each other, or at least, uh, I guess, like seeing each other, so they should not be able to say Kriyashma. The Gemara assumes at this point that the rear of someone's body is considered a place, and, and a, a, I guess an uh, uh, impure place or something like that, or a private place, and that one would not be able to say Kriyashma in front of that. So the Gemara says, Gemara says, oh, it must be that there's no din erva. Erva is one's, like, uh, I, I guess it, 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 the literal translation is like a nakedness, which is referring to an improper place on the human body. So we obviously see that the rear of a, of a person is not considered this erva, this improper place. So Lema Masayale will bring a, let's, let's say that's a proof to Rav Huna, the Rav Huna. Because it says as follows, A woman can go ahead and cut her chala. Chala is some dough that she's making. And she can go ahead and take off chala. And she can make a bracha with it. Which is, there's a bracha when a woman takes that off. And she can do that all while Aruma, while she's not wearing any clothing. Why is that? Since she's able to cover her private parts. Paneha does not, does not mean her face over here. It means her face down below, which is her private parts. So she, since she can cover her front pi- private parts, bekarka, in the ground, meaning it can't be seen when she's sitting. So that's why she can say this bracha on the challah, and that's why she can deal and touch this uh, dough that she's taking. Avaloyha ish. However, a man, his private parts cannot be not seen if he's sitting on the ground like that. So that's why it's not going to be applicable in this case to a man. So the Gemara says... Um, Again, so one time. So now we see the original Gemara said that it's a proof to Rav Huna that says that the rear of someone is not considered an erva. That's not considered an improper place. However, from this price that we see that, um, that it is considered an improper place since we brought down this brisa of the woman that's trying to take off challah 
And the Gemara says that if her front parts are covered, then it's okay for her to take off challah, which implies that the rear of her, we don't care if that's not covered. That would imply, that would show, like the dinner of Rav Huna, it would be a proof to Rav Huna that the, the rear of someone is not considered this erva. So the Gemara answers, no, it's talking about where Panea Tuchis Pekaka, which she's sitting flat on the ground, that everything's covered. In a way that everything's covered, the front and her back, and that's why she's able to say um, this bracha on the challah and deal with the challah. So we, again, we wanted to bring a proof that the rear of someone can, can be said, you can say Kriyashma in the presence of the rear of another human. The Gemara answered that it's not necessarily a proof, meaning the halacha still would apply according to the way the Gemara said it. However, it's not a proof from this Gemara of a woman that's dealing with this challah, with this dough. The Gemara goes on, Amar Mar, Im hayu this is a quote from the Brisa that we said before, that if a person sleeping in, in his bed and his sons and his household members, which are minors, meaning children, are in the bed with him, then mutter, it's okay for him to say Kriyashma. Now the Gemara asks, what's the age for these children that are in the bed? Va'ad kam, until how old can one say Kriyashma with a child in the bed? Amr Chizda, Rav Chizda says, Tinoikis, a girl, is going to be bas shalishanam, b'yayim echad. A three years old and one day, that's the limit. After that, he cannot say kriyashma in the bed anymore. V'tinuk ben teshanam. And a, a child, a male child, till ten, uh, nine years old and b'yayim echad on one day. A- after that time, then he cannot say kriyashma with them in the same bed. Ikedamri, another version. Tinuk is bas yud alav shanam b'yayim echad. A girl is going to be 11 years old on one day. V'tinuk. And a boy is going to be ben shteim es reishana. It's going to be twelve yamechad, twelve years old. And one day after that age, one cannot say kriyashma with them in the bed. Idiva idi. The Gemara says both of these ad kedei shadayim nachanim It has to both in both scenarios. It has to reach the age of puberty in order for them not to, for him not to be able to say kriyashma anymore. So these ages are really just the times where puberty hits or I guess where it's possible maybe for it to hit. I don't know exactly how a three-year-old or a three-year-old in one day can hit puberty, but possibly, I'm not sure what that means exactly, but that's what the Gemara is saying, that they have to reach the age of puberty. The Gemara goes on, Amr of Kahana of Ashi. Of Kahana says to Ravashi, Hasam Amar Rava, there we said, there the Gemara before. This is referring to, if you look at the Gemara on the bottom of Chav Kimmel Mabez, the Gemara said, the Gemara asked a question on Shmuel. Shmuel was the one previously that said that, uh, you, can, you can put your tefillin underneath your head. And the Gemara said, brought a proof that you cannot do that. And the Gemara said, oh, it's a question on Shmuel, but still we paskin like him. Meaning the halacha accords with Shmuel. So now the Gemara is asking as follows. Amar Before we said that even though it's a question on Shmuel, still the halacha, the halacha accords with Shmuel. What's going to be over here since one of these opinions is Shmuel? So the Gemara goes on, right? This was the Gemara that we had over here. One second. Um, I think this is the machlekes we just had with Rabbi Yosef and Shmuel about if there's a difference between one's wife to say Kriyashma in the same bed and another man. So is the, does the opinion go with Shmuel that there's no difference or Rabbi Yosef that, that there is a difference between the two? So hachamai amar So he answered back. Atu kulu machtenu. Do we weave all them together with one weave? So Ella, what does that mean? Meaning we don't put of all of Shmuel, everything that Shmuel ever said, we're not going to always say, oh, just because in one place we found a question with him, and then we said at the end that we still paskin like him, the Allah goes according to him, we're not going to say that every time Shmuel says something, it has to go according to him. The Imar, since we said, uh, I'm sorry, wherever the Gemara says that we go according to Shmuel, then we do it. 
If it doesn't say that, then then we don't. And so at the end of the day, who do we paskin like? Is it like Shmuel or like Rabbi Yosef? The Rif over here learns that we go like Rabbi Yosef. So the Gemara just ended off with like, but just because before we, we said that the halacha accords with Shmuel doesn't mean that over here it's going to happen, but the Gemara just leaves it at that. The Rif says that we go according to the opinion of Rabbi Yosef, not according to Shmuel. The Gemara goes on, Amr Rabbi This is a very famous Gemara. Tefach Isha Erva. A space of a tefach which is uncovered. Um, I did, you're right. Amalei Rav Mari, Rav Papa. Rav Mari said to Rav Papa, If there's hair coming out of the private parts of a person, mahu, meaning if that could be seen, everything else is covered, just the hair is sticking out, mahu, mahu, can one say Kriyashima in a place that he can see that those hairs? Karalel, he read on him and he, he read a verse, or not, uh, he called him, Sayer, Sayer, hear, hear. What does that mean? It means that it's mutter, said it's okay. You don't have to worry about that, the hear that's sticking out. I guess possibly because it doesn't arouse improper thoughts, so it's okay to say Kriyashma in such a scenario. The Gemara goes on now, Amr Rabbi Yitzchak says as follows, Tefach Isha Erva, an area that's normally covered, if you have the space of a Tefach, which is uncovered on a woman, then that is, um, that's considered erva, that's considered nakedness, and one cannot say any dvarim shebektusha, any holy things, which includes shema in front of this woman. Lamai, what does this, um, what does this halacha, what is this, uh, where, does this uh, where is this applicable? Ilema lestakuleba, if it's going to be because to teach us that you're not allowed to look at a tefach space on a woman that's normally covered, and now it's uncovered, you cannot steer at that and benefit from that. says, Why does the Pasuk include the outer jewelry with the inner jewelry? Now, what's that referring to? This was when the soldiers, the Jewish soldiers, came back from fighting the war against Midian. They brought, <laughs> since they, they were, there were times that they were gazing at the, Midian, the Midianite women, and they, they sinned in that regard since they, they were looking at them to enjoy the, uh, the pleasure of, of staring at them. So they, what they did was they brought offerings of jewelry. There were two types of jewelry that these Midian w- uh, women would wear. One was in their private parts, and pr- parts that you cannot see, that are not normally exposed. And then other, and then let's say regular exposed jewelry. So these two different types of jewelries, the Jews, which came back from the war, brought as an offering to atone for their sins of staring at them. So it includes the outer jewelry. So now, this shows from there that it's possible to sin by looking at a woman from her outer, from the things which are normally um, um, uncovered. Meaning, let's say a face or hands or something like that, or let's say an ear. Let's say, let's say it's referring to an earring. So if they gaze at an ear, let's say, and they benefited from that ear, so then they brought earrings to atone for the sin. So that's how it teaches us that even just to derive benefit from something which is normally uncovered, then that is usher. That's forbidden. So the, 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 the Gemara goes on, which teaches us, one who stares at and gazes at a small finger, the, the small finger, which is referring to the pinky of a woman, says, if he stared and gazed at the actual private parts. So they can't be talking about this halacha that in a tafach, a, a space, let's say, which is about you know, this big or something like that, underneath sorry, in an area which is normally covered and now it's uncovered, cannot be coming to teach us the halacha that you're not allowed to derive benefit from staring at that because we know that already from this other pasuk. Rather, it comes to teach us, it's referring to one's own wife and you're trying to say kriyashma. So that means that if you're in the presence, if one's in the presence of his wife 
and he's trying to say Kriyashma, and she has an area which is exposed, which is normally not exposed, then he cannot say Kriyashma. For the full halacha, don't take this from the Gemara. You have to look in the actual halacha for this. But the Mishnah Brura does say that even if he's not gazing, as long as it's possible to see, this halacha would still apply. So you have to look further for the, for, for the full extent of the halacha. And there's a Shiloh in the place game if one can go ahead and close his eyes and say Kriyashma. I mean, if he's not looking, if, he's not, if he can't see anything, could he say Kriyashma like that? That's going to be a Shiloh in the place game. And there's also a Machlinkis if this halacha of a tefach is only by, one's, by his own wife, and what about by other women? Is it going to be that same measurement of a tafach where one cannot say Kriyashma, or is it maybe even less? Maybe the shear, maybe the measurement of a tafach is by one's own wife. What about a different wife? That's going to be the, that, that's a question that comes up. There's machlekes, there's a dispute in the halacha in that regard. Okay, the Gemara goes on now. Amar of Chizdar, of Chizdar says as follows. Shoik bi'isha, the thigh of a woman, erva. That's considered nakedness, and one would not be able to say any dvarm shibiktusha, any holy things, which includes Kriyashma in front of her. Shanamar, it says in the Apostle, Goli shoik avri naharis. Expose a thigh, and it'll cross rivers. Uksiv, and it says right after that, Togel ervaseich, her nakedness was exposed. Vigam terech harfaseich, and she saw, and she got embarrassed. So since it's a part, obviously it's a, if she got embarrassed, obviously it's a part which is normally not exposed. And so if the leg was exposed, then that's considered, um, that's considered that she got embarrassed. And that's why it's a, it's, a, it's a private part and it's considered erva. And one cannot say Kriyashma in front of that. Omar Shmuel, I'm sorry. And, and just to point out, there's a dispute among the Paiskim, a famous dispute, where that, where that shear is. Does it stop at the knee or does it stop all the way at the ankle? There's a, there's a dispute among the Paiskim. The standard approach is that it stops at the knees and not at the ankle. But there is a dispute like that. The Gemara goes on. Amar Shmuel, Shmuel says, Kol bi'isha erva. The voice of a woman is considered erva. And one cannot say Dvarm Shabbat while a woman is not. This doesn't mean that she's talking. It means that she's singing. Since it's possible, I guess, to... It's, yeah, I mean, it's possible for a woman, a woman's voice to arouse a man. That's why someone cannot say Kriyashma or any holy words, any tefillahs or anything like that in front of the woman. A big shayla comes up when one wants to say, let's say, um, um, Zmiris on Shabbos. One wants to sing on Shabbos. So if there's anyone else singing along, it's a question if Zmiris, the songs which we sing on Shabbos, are those considered Dvaram Shabbat Are they like tefillahs? Are they like brachas? Or are they just songs that have nice words in it? So I think most opinion goes that say that, that it is okay, but um, I mean, you have to ask your, your LOR, your local Orthodox rabbi. Okay, the Gemara goes on. Oh, what's the reason for that? Shanamar says in the Pasuk, that her voice is sweet and her appearance is pleasant. So since her, it says her voice is sweet, then obviously it has to do, and it's, I'm sorry, this Pasuk is referring to, I guess, the different things of a woman which are beautiful. So this is something that's attractive, her voice, which is sweet. Amr of Sheshesh, goes on, the hair of a woman is considered erva, is considered nakedness. Shanamar, sarecha keider ha'ezim. The flock of goats, uh, the, her hair is like the flock of goats or something like that. And this Pasuk is in Shir Hashirim, which the, uh, the whole Shir Hashirim is referring to different things. Um, it's comparing different, like the beauty of a woman to the beauty of Hashem. So since hair is included in there, that's why it's usher for someone to say Kriyashima or any other things in front of a woman. Now, obviously, would this would not apply to someone, to a girl that's not married. There's a big shadow in the Paiskim if it's, even in front of a non-Jewish woman, where she does not have to cover her hair, since hair intrinsically is not something necessarily that attracts attention or attracts improper thoughts, 
the ra- the raya for that, the proof for that is because a single girl can go without covering her hair. So obviously it's not actual hair that's an issue. So there's a big shout in the Paiskim about that, but it's referring to uh, a married woman that has her hair uncovered. That's what it's referring to. Amr Abchanino, Abchanino says as follows, Now we're going to go back to the different ideas about tefillin. I saw, Abchanino saying, I saw a Rebbe that hung his tefillin on a peg. He hung it on the wall. Meaning his actual, he took the straps and hung it straight on the wall. If someone hangs his tefillin, his life will be hanged. Meaning he'll die. The ones that expound on the hidden things, like the hidden ideas in the Torah, they say that your life will be hanging in front of your eyes. What does that mean? That's referring to someone that goes ahead and hangs his tefillin. He puts his tefillin on a peg. So the Gemara says, so we see that you can't, uh, so you can't do this. So why did Rebbe go ahead and hang his tefillin on a, on a hook? So the Gemara answers, like Kasha Haberetzua, that's where it was suspended by a strap, by the actual, the, the strap of the tefillin on the Ritzua. Ha, Bikitzisa, this is referring to where it was in the box of the tefillin, which is not as bad. And that's where Rebbe did it. Rebbe put it in the box. I'll give you another answer. Loishana, there's no difference. Ritzua, Loishana, Ketzitsa, Asr, both of them are, are not okay. Bikitala Rebbe, Bikitsa. Rebbe put it on the peg, on the hook, when it was inside its pouch. Uh, because the tala. So Yehachi the Gemara's Milo Memra. What's wrong with doing that? Of course, there's no there's no issue with that. Milo Detaim, I would think Tiboy Hanach Kesevertayer. It has to be placed down on something that's uh um that's stationary like a bima or a table. Kamash one that fillin can be hung. And I was I was thinking that's possibly why the um I mean it's okay I guess to walk around. A lot of the fillin bags have straps. You can hang it on your shoulder and it won't be an issue. Maybe, I mean, a proof from this Gemara that it's okay. Okay. Rav Chanina says, I saw Rebbe. Again, Rav Chanina is saying another thing that he saw about Rebbe. I saw him, he uh, either like he, he belched, or another shot is that he stretched, and he yawned, and he sneezed, and he spit, and he removed the bug that was biting him from his, from his garments. However, if his talus slipped off, then he did not pull it back on. He let it just stay there. And when he yawned, he put his hand on his chin, which was basically covering the yawn, but it was a way of, of, of that they did it. That I'm sorry, that, that Rashi explains that he put his hand over his mouth so you shouldn't see his mouth wide open since it's a disgrace to open up your mouth like that in the middle of davening. So the Gemara asks, one who raises his voice while he's praying, it's like he has no faith. If one raises his voice, one second, no, one second, is one that you can hear his voice while he davens, meaning he davens out loud, he doesn't whisper it. And the second thing, then he's he's as if he has like a little faith. And the other one is one who yells, who dams very loudly, that's from a false prophet. Um, since it says by the, by the, by the, uh, the story with Elio Navi, then the Neviyah Habal, the false prophets of the idol called the Baal, they scream out. It says in the passage, they scream it really loudly, their prayers. So that's obviously a, not a proper practice for a Jew. If one belches and he yawns, it says if he's haughty. If someone sneezes in his field, then it's not a good uh, um, thing for him. 
It shows that he is not a good person. Someone spits while he's praying. It's as if he spit it in front of the king. So again, so we saw, he saw, Chanina saw a Rebbe doing all these things. And now we have a price that says all these things are horrible to do in the middle of your prayers. So what's going on over here? So the Gemara says the first thing, which was the belching and yawning, like Kasha, that's not, that's not a question. It's not good if you're doing it willfully, meaning you make yourself yawn or you make yourself belch or something like that. That's not good to do in middle of prayers. However, if it just comes and there's nothing you can't control it, then it's okay. That's what Rebbe was doing. But we still have a question from sneezing. Then that the Rebbe sneezed. We, the Brisa says that it's not good to sneeze. So the Gemara answers: Misatish, Misatish. Not like Kasha. This is not also a question. Kamal Mala, Kamal Mata. One is a sneeze from the nose, and one is passing gas from one's rear. There, it's it's a dis, it's, a, it's a disgrace for their prayers. There, one cannot do that. The Amr Abzer Abzer says: Hamilsa Ibla Li. This was made known to me. This idea. Bay Rev Hamnuna by the house of Rev Hamnuna, the Takila Li, and I, I, it was equal to me, Kikule de Talmudai, like the, my entire prayer, uh, my entire learning that I ever learned. Hamasatish Bitfilos, which is what, what? What was that thing he learned? Hamasatish Bitfilos, if one goes ahead and sneezes, Simon Yafalai, it's, it's a good thing for him. It's a good, like, um, like uh, what's a semen? Uh, good omen. Yeah, a good sign for him. Just like he went ahead. I'm sorry, this misatech is referring to one who passes gas. Since he released the, the, the tension, the, the pent-up uh, tension, he released it all out, and it felt good for him. Hashem will also go ahead and... I'm sorry, no, he's referring to a regular sneeze. Excuse me. When one sneezes, he, he releases the, the tension and it feels good for him. So to Mamala by Hashem, Hashem will look at him and like release any, um, I guess, hard like, uh, things that are, that are going to become, that are going to be bad to this fellow. El Arak, Arak, if someone spits, Kasha, because we saw Rebbe spit, and the Bryce says it's not a good thing. Rak, Arak, Nabi like Kasha, the says it's not a question. After the Yehuda, maybe he did like Rebbe Yehuda, I'm Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Yehuda says, If this fellow is in the middle of davening, if someone his saliva forms in his mouth, he should spit it out into a garment. The imtalis no, however, if it's a new and nice garment, he should spit it into his turban, and that's what Rebbe did. Rebbe spat it into a turban or something like that, and that was okay. So, um, so that was fine. That's why it's not a question from Rebbe. Ravina, have a koya churi derev Ashi. Ravina was walking behind Rav Ashi, and his damle reik be paske la churi. He was in the middle of praying and he spat behind him. Didn't you hear this idea from Bibhuda that says that you have to spit it into your garment, not into the floor? I am delicate and I can't put it into my garment because it's going to be disgusting for me, so that's why I have to spit it on the floor. The Gemara goes on. This is a quote from the Gemara before that someone that raises his voice in davening and while he prays is, is, is not a good thing. That's only if if he's able to concentrate when he's davening quietly. If he cannot concentrate while he's davening quietly and he wants to say it out loud, then it's okay. However, that's only when he's davening on his own. However, if he's with a congregation, he's going to disturb the rest of the congregants. Today we do not accord with this halacha. I'm not sure why. Check it up in halacha. 
Minei, Rabbi Abba was avoiding Rabbi Yehuda. He was trying to, he was always avoiding Rabbi Yehuda. Since Rabbi Abba wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael, he would live in Bavel, he wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael, and he knew that Rabbi Yehuda did not allow that. Someone that leaves Bavel and goes to Eretz Yisrael is over and I say, why? That everyone will be in Bavel until the day that we're meant to be redeemed and go back to Israel. Omar, he said as follows, I'll go and hear something from this uh, Rabbi Huda, and then, and then I'll go to Eretz Yisrael. He found the Tana, the Ketani Kamid Rabbi Huda. He was learning, there was a Tana learning in front of Rabbi Huda. If someone's standing in the middle of prayers, Benesatesh, and he has to, and he sneezes. Mantun, I'm sorry. Nesatish is over here is referring to passing gas. Mantun achi yichla ruach until he waits until the smell goes away. But chazer mispal then he continues davening. Ik dami some say it was as follows. Hayo imid betfilo ubikish lesatish. If someone's in the middle of praying and he feels the need to pass gas, marcha glachor of dalat amos he should move away from where he was praying. For Amos and Masatish, and he should pass gas over there. Mantin achi yichla ruach. Wait till the smell goes away. Vachazer mispal and then continue davening. And when he goes back to where he's up to in the middle of Dominic, he should say as follows Rebunishla, the master of the world, Yitzartonu Nukovim Nukovim, you created in me holes, Chalulim Chalulim, and cavities, Golivi Adul of it's known to you, Hashem, Cherpasenu, Uklimasenu, our shame and our embarrassment, Bechayenu, Ubachrisenu, Rimavatelea. In our lives, we have embarrassment, and when we die, we're going to be, worms are going to eat us in our grave. And since you, you, you say that prayer, it's like a prayer that you say, and then you continue from where you're up to. Rabbi Abba said, who came to listen to this idea in the base Madrid, he said it was worth it for me to come just to hear this idea. If one is sleeping in his talus, in his garment, in his cloak, it's really cold, and he can't stick his head out to block off the, his head from his body, to, uh, from the rest of his body, from his private parts, in order to say, he can pull the talus, his cloak, uh, tight against his neck. And then he can say the that since his heart cannot see his erva, his private parts, you have to pull it tight across your chest in order that it shouldn't be able to see the uh, the private parts. However, according to the first opinion, the heart will see now the private parts. <coughs> he learns it's okay for the heart to be exposed and open to the private parts. If someone's walking in an area which there's a excrement there or something smelly or something dirty, he should put his hand over his mouth to, as if to block out the, 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 the foul-smelling things and his holy prayers. Um, and then he should say, like him, like by God, it's like a curse. Like what? Like, did you really say that? If I heard this from Rav Yechanan, then I would not listen to such a thing. I wouldn't believe it. Some say it was, the version goes as follows. Rabbi Khan says the name of Levi, If someone's walking in a like an alleyway or something that was dirty, he puts his hands on his mouth. Is that true? If if not for the fact that Rabbi Shua Levi would have said that from his own mouth, I wouldn't believe it. Umi Amr of Huna Hachin, did Rav Huna really say this? Vamr of Huna, Rav Huna himself says, It's not okay for a Tamachacham to stand in a dirty place, Lafi, since she Lamed 
since it's always going through his mind different ideas of Torah and he can't be you're not to learn Torah in a dirty place so that's why he's not allowed to stand in a dirty place like Kasha this is not a uh, dispute to what we said before because Kamba Ahmed Kamba Mahalach. This where the Tamachacham is not allowed to stand there is where he's standing there. Kamba Mahalach, where we said before that it's okay to put your hand over your mouth and continue, that's where one's walking. Um, the reason for this is because the, the Pasuk where we learn this from is Machanecha Kadaish, that the that one's camp should be holy. That's referring to that someone should not say Kriyash Madivre Torah in a dirty place. So that has to be in a camp, a place where you're stationary. However, if you're walking, then it's okay. The Gemara goes on. really say this? A fellow can always think in Divre Torah, always think in Torah thoughts, besides for in a bathhouse and in a bathroom. If he'll tell me the same thing, that, oh, where you cannot think, that's where one's standing in the place. However, when you're walking, then that's okay. Any that cannot be. was walking behind and he was reading When it came to a dirty place, he stopped. Where should I continue now that I passed the dirty area? Where should I continue my prayers? If you waited the full amount of time that it took. To say the entire Shmanasri, go back to the beginning of the entire Shmanasri. Hachi Kamar. So we see that one should not say anything in there. So how could you cover your mouth and say the, the Kriyashma? Hachi Kamar, this is what he meant to say. Since this story was with Rabbi Yechanan, he said, according to me, I hold that you can continue walking and cover your mouth. According to you, Rabbi Yechanan, that says that you cannot say it in there. Then, im Then, if you waited that amount of time, you go back to the beginning. We have two different prices to um, to support these two different ways to learn. Tanik avasadir of Huna. If one is in a dirty alleyway, we see that it's okay to cover your mouth and still say Kriyashma. We have a Brisa that supports the other opinion of Chizda. If one's walking in a dirty alleyway, if he's in middle of a pasuk, he should stop right there, smack in the middle of the pasuk that he's that he's uh, that he's middle of.